0: This is Speaker for the Living, a podcast where we explore human trafficking, forced labor, and all things related. My name is Seth Dare. I'm here with JJ Genflown. And what are we going to talk about today, JJ?
1: Today, specifically, we are talking about what it seems like every podcaster's favorite topic, Trump and the Trump administration, more broadly. But specifically, what we are going to be talking about today is what the Trump administration has done right in regards to trafficking, what they've done wrong, and then how very specific statements from Trump, uh, tweets and quotes explicitly, make us curious about who is actually informing him about the state of human trafficking, uh, specifically within the U.S. Uh, And in particular, we're targeting on how Trump's claims and the Trump administration's claims that a border wall will decrease the amount of human trafficking within the United States.
0: Or as they sometimes imply, end it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And when we go into, we're actually going to be looking a lot at things directly from the horse's mouth. So in this case, uh, tweets and then commentary from different addresses or sort of public speeches that Trump has done. And break down literally, not, not just fact checking, but sort of putting pointing out the context surrounding all of his commentary. So I think just to go ahead and, and jump right in to it. it's and, and to, to quote directly, actually, from White House policy brief documents, and as always, we link you guys to everything so you can fact check us. We don't believe in fake news here at Speaker for the Living. Uh, the Trump administration has come out to say that there is a hum- humanitarian crisis at the southern border and quote that that humanitarian crisis is based on human traffickers victimizing countless women and children. And in putting forth a document about steps to move forward to ending this humanitarian crisis, he, the, well, Trump and then the Trump administration at large, this was the document signed by President Trump, that there are five steps that sort of engage with how this humanitarian crisis has evolved. So part one, that transnational criminal organizations from Mexico and Central America engage in human trafficking and staggering numbers across our southern border. Okay, so for step one, this isn't actually an unfactual claim. I am always, and Seth, I think you and I talk about this all the time, I I don't like it when people aren't explicit in their language, so, you know, staggering numbers of human trafficking to me is one, right? Like, that that slavery is happening is a a ridiculous thing. It's not that, like, if it's ten people or one person, it's different, Uh, certainly within Mexico and Central America, human trafficking is conducted by transnational criminal organizations and certainly those transnational criminal organizations do traffic in individuals across a variety of borders. So while I think this statement is a little sensationalistic, it's not wrong.
0: It's also worth noting again the difference between smuggling and trafficking. Yes. Smuggling is something a person can voluntarily do by paying somebody to get them across the border, and they are smuggled, which isn't necessarily trafficking. They might, however, be trafficked at any part of the process, and so that makes it difficult. Sometimes a smuggler is a trafficker, if it's by force, fraud, or coercion. Sometimes a person is given to a trafficker after they are smuggled in, in which case they aren't being trafficked as they're crossing the border, but once they're here, they could be put into a process where they're being trafficked. Or sometime after they get here, they might be in a situation where they're in debt and then in debt bondage, and in which case they're being trafficked.
1: Yeah, and I think that that... So here, they're saying explicitly it's human trafficking and not human trafficking and smuggling or just smuggling. But you're right that this gets conflated so much. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in detail when we talk about other claims that this administration has made about the southern border and trafficking. Now, in in part two, so statement number two, that human traffickers use loopholes in our immigration laws to exploit women and children. Okay, again, this is a statement that actually technically is not wrong. We have talked many times on this podcast about people who are brought into the United States on visas visas that seem like they are almost created to allow trafficking to occur, specifically HB1 visas. We have also talked about loopholes in existing laws, period, that have allowed people to exploit And traffic other individuals. However, human traffickers don't just exploit women and children, they also exploit men. Labor trafficking, sex trafficking, it happens to men, women, non-binary individuals. Trafficking can happen to men, women, non-binary individuals, children. It's not just this women and children issue. Now we get on part three, More than 30%, again, none of these statistics, uh, because the next one is also going to have a percentage, I could not find sources on any of these stats uh, within this document. I could find other policy briefs that that mention similar statistics, but there was no, like, footnote within this brief that said where they got this fact from, which is just on my, like, this has nothing to do with, like, the Trump administration at large, this is just, like, shoddy memo writing, and it annoys me. That's an aside. So three, more than 30% of women are sexually assaulted on the journey to our southern border. That is not a trafficking issue. That is a gender-based violence issue. I am also curious to know the rate of sexual assault of men and children while traveling. And that is an issue of unsecure travel within Central America and Mexico. And again, it, it is a violence issue and not trafficking certainly that raises vulnerabilities for trafficking and certainly there might be overlap with transnational criminal organizations but to me that seems like this brief is trying to make it seem like these two things are together and they're just policy-wise they're separate issues same with the next one which is that nearly 70 percent of migrants traveling north to the united states are victims of violence That, again, is what we would call a push factor for an individual to immigrate or migrate. It's certainly a vulnerability to someone to be trafficked because if they're seeking to flee violence of a variety of sorts or they feel like their state isn't protecting them, that they they need to move out for their own protection. But that, again, is not a trafficking issue explicitly.
0: Well, and it also understates the threat of sexual assault and violence within the Northern Triangle. Hence, why people are leaving.
1: Yeah, exactly. And this, you know, just because you, it's it's not necessarily that you're a victim of violence because you're specifically trying to leave this area. It's that you're a victim of violence because this area is, is has an epidemic of violence, so people are trying to leave it. And then, so finally, that takes us to the fifth point. Without a wall, our southern border is wide open to human trafficking. Fundamentally, I do feel that that is not the case. We will break down why that is not the case later, a little bit when we talk uh, about President Trump's statements uh, specifically. But just from this memo alone, from what they present, they essentially present two factors as to why, human trafficking is an issue, and none of them address the necessity of a wall at the southern border. Instead, one addresses the necessity of immigration law reform, and the other suggests a better way to handle transnational crime, which is also a legal policy reform. Neither one seems to address actually physically having a wall present. And the memo ends with, and I'm going to quote, Therefore, Congress has a moral responsibility to pass legislation that strengthens border security and includes funding for a wall to prevent human trafficking in all forms. That, to me, is not made clear in this memo. I certainly think that Congress does have a moral responsibility to pass legislation that prevents human trafficking in all forms or provides uh, safety and services for survivors of human trafficking but it is not clear to me at least based on on these memos from the administration itself that a physical wall is the way to go about doing that now one of the reasons the trump administration has said that we need a physical and by we you know seth and i are both americans so we're we is america in this sense breaking some podcast rules and like I guess stating explicitly, like, where we ally ourselves, I don't know. But the Trump administration has, like, said that d- trafficking into the U.S. fundamentally happens via roads. It doesn't happen by air. It doesn't happen by sea. It happens by car. And because of that, the borders at Mexico and Canada is where trafficking happens. For some reason, racism. Sorry, I got a little fifi stuck in my throat. Ah, uh, there hasn't been this big concern of, of trafficking happening from Canadians into the U.S. But this fear of Mex- Mexicans and Central Americans moving into the U.S. physically via car as trafficking victims, that's been sort of the narrative pushed. Now, this is a direct quote from President Trump uh, giving remarks on an event on human trafficking from February 1st in 2019. We've linked to his full remarks, to the full transcript, if, if you want the sort of this thing in context. But his quote is, human trafficking by airplane is almost impossible. Human trafficking by van and truck in the backseat of a car and going through a border where there's nobody for miles and miles and there's no wall to protect. It's very easy. They make a right. Then they make a left. They come into our country and they sell people. End quote. All right. Now, this is fundamentally untrue. It's just wrong. Like, this is this is just one of these... There's a few where I'm going to point out where, like, he's kind of right, he's kind of wrong. I can see where maybe some information, you know, that it's, it's bad statistics or it's bad research. But in this case, just fundamentally wrong. And we know that it's wrong from stats that the Justice Department itself, the U.S. Justice Department, puts out. You know, it, while there are a lot of cases at the southern border that deal with foreign nationals, most of the ones that deal with foreign nationals are people who are, who are tra- like, most crimes that involve foreign nationals at the southern border involve people crossing the border illegally. Nothing to do with trafficking and everything to do with trying to enter the country without proper paperwork, so entering the country illegally. Most of the other cases involve U.S. citizens <laughs> engaged in trying to smuggle people or trying to smuggle drugs. But the the foreign national cases, though, of trafficking reported by the Justice Department are those who have traveled into the U.S. via visa fraud via airplanes. So the trafficking of individuals who are not U.S. citizens within the United States, the Justice Department has positioned that the vast majority of having them came in with false visas or false passports or some combination thereof via airplane for example just in december of 2019 the justice department posted a news release you guys can read it yourself about how five defendants u.s citizens were found guilty of participating in a scheme that brought hundreds of thai women into the united states to work in the sex trade the women were told same old story right so that's like they're told you can come you can earn money you're going to work as a waitress you can send money back home. These women were from rural areas. They came into the U.S. via visa fraud. So these traffickers put together mass amounts of fraudulent visas and travel documents, and this went deep. Like this included false bank accounts, um, fake like, like fake school certificates and records, um, fake marriages. Etc. Like, they, they trained the, the women on what to say, to say during these interviews, and then these women were brought in, hundreds of them, via plane, to the United States where they, where they were trafficked. We also had, you know, sort of actually famously to the point, you, you know, cases sort of entered the zeitgeist when Law and Order does a episode ripped from the headlines about it about uh, the son of a former president of Guinea who was caught for keeping a West African girl enslaved in their Texas home for 16 years where she was working as a domestic servant. And that girl had been brought in to the United States with them using his diplomatic passport 16 years previously. And she traveled... By plane. You can't drive from Thailand. You can't drive from Guinea. They came by plane. The Justice Department says that the vast majority of cases involving foreign nationals, which would be the case of people crossing the border into the U.S., that that trafficking happens by plane. Seth and I can also cite numerous cases, typically involving Southeast Asians and and sort of East Asia more broadly, where individuals are brought into the U.S. via boat, via shipping container... Uh, for trafficking, but that seems to, that's a very dangerous way to travel. A lot of times people die or are lost, and so what's becoming more and more popular is, is fraudulently creating these documents and bringing people into the U.S. this way. Now, trafficking of U.S. citizens by other U.S. citizens does happen a lot by car because it happens domestically. It happens within someone's hometown. It happens within the state. And so that is is very that's much more common, but of citizens, not of people crossing the border coming in, sort of driving people in the backs of cars to be trafficked.
0: And that doesn't even get into the other examples of which there's multiple types of other examples we could give, but such as sheep herders who are brought places like Colorado, fully legally, like legal visas. And then the ranchers abuse the system and put some of them into states of trafficking based on looking at their situations, like having their passports taken and, and other factors that look like forced labor. Yeah. So even going 100% legal doesn't guarantee you're not going to be trafficked as a foreign national.
1: And, but what I'm saying is is that of those foreign nationals, though, they're still brought in via plane. Yep. <laughs> they're not driven. Because in the case of the Colorado sheep herders, they're from Peru. They were flown. Right. Okay. So the the next quote is from an interview on February 3rd that Trump did with uh, CBS's Face the Nation. Again, I've linked to the full interview. And the quote from there is, quote, this is really an invasion of our country by human traffickers. These are the people that are horrible people bringing in women mostly, but bringing women and children into our country. End quote. So, the first one, the first statement I would have to make that is, is going to make people, I think, a little upset with me is the U.S. isn't invaded by human traffickers. The U.S. is a nation founded on human traffickers. We are a nation of enslavement. We are a nation that started with indentured servitude and then the transatlantic slave trade and the mass incarceration of individuals and the mass incarceration and genocide of, of native peoples and indigenous peoples. Slavery's always been here. I mean, I know we talk about sort of the difference between slavery and human trafficking because of the legal definition and why it matters, but let's just like call a spade a spade. We are a country that is in many ways defined, I think in social rifts that are present today by our history of enslavement. So I don't think it's fair to say that we are a country being invaded by human traffickers. I think that we are a country of, at the very least complicity or you know we are a country that has been complicit with trafficking
0: well it's also not the way that human traffickers work that we have all these human traffickers that are there and then they suddenly are here like there's a, there's networks and they you have people who are familiar with the systems and know people within the country like they're not just coming here, many people who traffic are already here and have been for a long time.
1: Yes, or or traffickers themselves aren't traveling. If I if am a trafficker, in this case, let's say that this Trumpian scenario is correct and I am a Central American trafficker, I am not traveling with, with these hypothetical women and children I'm trafficking. I They're going through a series of individuals. It's, it's a prime network. I'm not moving to to Iowa to set this up. Anyway, yeah. so now the, the, the next point, that these people are horrible. Great. 100% agree with that. If you're a human trafficker, you're a piece of shit, and we need to agree with that. Thank you. All right. Quote, they're bringing in women mostly, but bringing in women and children to our country. Now, this seems to come... The statement that it's primarily women and children being brought into the country through the southern southern border into the U.S. seems to come from an anti-trafficking organization called Operation Underground Railroad. One day, Seth and I will have to do a podcast on Operation Underground Railroad because, man, do I have some hot takes on R and their organization. So they had a White House event on human trafficking on February 1st. So two days later, Trump goes on CBS's Face the Nation, and Ballard, the, who is the head of this organization, Operation Underground Road, had previously said, in and had written um, a few or like pamphlets and things saying that, "quote The State Department reports that around ten thousand children are smuggled into the U.S. annually and forced into the commercial sex trade." Now the State Department says that's absolutely not true. We've never said that. There's there's no record of this. And we, we have no idea where he got the statistic. And, but that seems to be, it just, it seems logically that, like, Tim Ballard has this event, he says this thing, Trump goes on the, you know, on TV 48 hours later, and he, he repeats it. Uh, Ballard has been repeatedly asked where he got this stat from, if not from the State Department, because the State Department says that that's, um, fake news. Ballard has not ever tried to justify what he said it is. So... The, the Justice Department, as sort of, a, you know, to go back to, to stats from within the institution itself, the Justice Department does say, though, that the FBI identified 450 victims of domestic minor sex trafficking and adult domestic and foreign national victims of sex and labor trafficking. They don't provide a breakdown of, of you know, who, who was where or what was happening, but it seems clear that the vast majority of victims were domestic of minor trafficking and of the sex trafficking. That's not even a thousand total. So it's, it's very obvious that there is not tens of thousands of women and children being brought in. The department of justice also reports about overall, um, a little over 4,300 victims of child sex trafficking, commercial sexual exploitation being identified. And this is from their 2018 human trafficking report. I've linked it for all of you guys. But, and like the Department of Justice keeps such good stats. If you look at the report, of the over 4,300 clients who are are getting services, so these are survivors, only 34% of those survivors were foreign nationals. And of all of the victims, 25% were victims of labor trafficking. So it's not thousands being brought into the US. You will know, well, tens of thousands. It's you know, it's not thousands being brought into the US. It's not tens of thousands being smuggled in for the sex trade. And it's certainly not the majority being foreign nationals. It's not individuals from Mexico and Central America. Hell, it's not even Canadians. Or people from Thailand or, or people from Russia or people from Fiji, in, or New Zealand, or Australia, or whatever the hell—it's—it's—it's it's, it's Americans, it's citizens of America being victimized domestically. So the only thing that's good about this quote is that he says that traffickers are bad people. <laughs> that is the only true and and sort of legitimate part of of that statement, and that comes directly from his own Department of Justice.
0: And while they're. M- is likely more trafficking than we catch. It's oh, but, th- but These sure, are the yeah. stats that we have. And so if the Trump administration is going to make these claims, or Trump himself, it's like, well, what are they basing it on? And, yeah,
1: and it's, we don't and have I, any
0: I, way and it, to extrapolate what they're coming up with.
1: No, and I and I certainly I don't expect every president to be well-versed in every sort of niche area of international relations and human rights. I, I really don't. It, it It is an unfathomably tough job. But I do expect their staff to at least vet the individuals that are giving them this information that they are basing mass amounts of domestic and foreign policy on, which is to say somebody who just makes up numbers like Ballard shouldn't be speaking at the White House. And Trump shouldn't be repeating bad stats. Like, there should be somebody there to say, no, that's incorrect. Now... The next quote, so, like, you start to see that this is, there, there was, like, this, like, two-week Trump just could not let human trafficking go. So, quote, human traffickers, and this is from a State of the Union address, so this is the big one. Quote, human traffickers and sex traffickers take advantage of wide-open areas between our ports of entry to smuggle thousands of young girls and women into the United States and sell them into prostitution and modern-day slavery. Okay. Hmm. So, firstly, how this is wrong. There is an actual functioning database of all federal court cases dealing with human trafficking, which is fantastic. There are only, oh, there's little over 1,400 cases listed, but only 23 of them involve kidnapping, and only 29 of them involve smuggling. So, this isn't, this isn't a, a a smuggling for the sake of human trafficking issue because there's not you know, we're not seeing, again, thousands here. Granted, every 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 victim, every survivor is precious and important, but it's not thousands and numbers are important. Again, though, too, it's sort of the same thing. It's not these wide open areas between ports of entry. It's through customs at a LaGuardia. It's 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 not what it's being presented as. And again, to come back to sort of the, the initial statement, Seth, that you talked about, about the difference between smuggling and trafficking. Smuggling is not trafficking. These, these are two distinct legal definitions that matter. Now, that takes us to the next part of, of the State of the Union, which is I think maybe the the infamous duct tape quote that got Seth and I all hot and bothered in the first place. What did you think when we first heard the the duct tape thing? Seth?
0: Oh, that he was being sensational and didn't fully know what he was talking about,
1: yeah and and so o- over ten times within the case of this week he he said the following statement or or some variation of it, quote. They're tying up women, putting tape in their mouths. They tie up women, taping them out. Women are tied up. They're bound. They have women in the backseat of the cars with duct tape all over the place. Again, we've already clarified that that doesn't really happen like that. That's not how trafficking typically works. We certainly do see kidnapping and trafficking happening like that in some places of the world. We've talked about it happening in Nepal in that way. Uh, but it's it's very rare. And there was only, in all of the cases going back... That uh, were investigated there's only been one case one case in the u.s uh that mentioned duct tape explicitly within human trafficking and a ford national and that took place in atlanta in 2012 and it involved a victim that was required to wear duct tape during sex
0: well i think this feeds into the wrong impression of women being having their faces covered, being tied up or chained up, that if somebody's being trafficked, they must be being physically restrained or be behind bars or something like that, when that's just not usually the way it works. It's usually more mental manipulation or threat of force or guns or other things that don't involve physical restraint, There might be limitations of movement within a space, but that's different than being tied up and duct taped in the back of a car.
1: Yeah. And that so like even in in early March, like the New York Times found that they they stated that they had found some instances of women being duct taped and trafficked across the border. Uh, But if, quote, they even said if the president was suggesting that such savagery occurs daily on America's southern border, then he was indeed exaggerating. Um, And if you actually look at the New York Times article, which again, we will cite it for you, you can look at it. It's uh, literally three women uh, who pulled up and and said that they had been um, duct taped and tied up before, um, during and after by the um, smugglers. So she, she'd engaged with a coyote and then was almost immediately trafficked and that this was a very specific instance, these three women were linked together. And like while it's horrible, it, it's certainly not an example, I think, of how how trafficking typically works in this context. Most of the cases of trafficking again that happen across the border that were identified through this database are things like a woman who is told that she's gonna come in to work one job and then is trafficked into domestic labor. There's also a ton of cases involving U.S. citizens trafficking other U.S. citizens. And this initial reading, this particular CNN article that I used for a lot of my sourcing, led me to this great NBC uh, article on a sex trafficking ring in Virginia that was called the Horseblock Pimpin Organization. All that right which I had never heard of. It's a very interesting name. Yeah. But involved 55 U.S. citizens that were tra- uh, that were trafficked for uh, commercial sex across the mid-Atlantic region. No foreign nationals involved whatsoever. And this takes us back to the Bureau of Justice, who I now love, that talked about how, like, specifically in the fiscal year of 2015, 92.1% of the forced labor and sex trafficking cases in the U.S. involved U.S. citizens and that 92.5% of transportation for illegal sex activity, so that's both trafficking and commercial sex that's illegal, involved U.S. citizens. This trafficking in the U.S. is primarily a domestic issue of U.S. citizens trafficking other U.S. citizens. When there are foreign nationals involved, they are primarily trafficked by U.S. nationals into the U.S. And it is primarily done through legal ports of entry, through forged documents, and airline tickets. And that's important because one of the things that almost every labor and sex trafficking organization has been pushing for in the last decade is for things like flight attendants and customs and border agents at airports to be trained on how to identify victims of human trafficking and to put up messaging and things like that related to human trafficking and things like in the airport bathroom, that during the you know safety flight check, that there's a, a call button you can push if you're a victim of trafficking. We've been pushing and pushing. And there have been some cases actually quite that have gone quite public of things like flight attendants Noticing something is wrong and stopping trafficking. You know, freeing someone from their trafficker in the air. Or, you know, someone sliding a note to a flight attendant or someone, you know, working at the airport and therefore surviving. Uh, On Reddit, I have seen individuals talking about how particularly related to forced marriage... That they are about to be sent to out of the country or to a very specific place via international flight to be forced to be married to someone, and this is child bearage. And the overwhelming response to everybody to to them from Reddit, from law enforcement and NGO officials on Reddit, has been get to the airport, land in the country, get to the airport. And then immediately do something that attracts the attention of security and let them know and they will help you. People in airports and the airport industry knowing to see trafficking is really important. And if we stop talking about it and start talking about it, like a quote from Trump's Twitter, quote, you have three women tied up in the backseat of a car. You're not going through port of entry. Where they do look in the backseat at least? Right. End quote. Like, that's not how it works. It's not how this thing happens. And as such, then, like, because we're not training people to look for these things because we have this stupid fake narrative in our head, victims aren't getting caught.
0: Now, there is part of the equation relating to visas. Like, there's a few ways fraud can be involved. Now, one way would be somebody comes over and does it the right way as far as the visa but then Mm -hmm. fraud is committed against them by their trafficker or somebody in the process. But in terms of visa fraud in particular, our country has done a lot of vetting with visas like they did in in the Obama administration. And Trump has supposedly made that harder. And I've seen some evidence that the process is more difficult, more expensive, but like, our vetting of visas is also supposed to catch fraud, and we don't always catch it. But at least that's something that Trump has talked about, or how we vet, and that is something that could help if yes. it catches fraud.
1: Yes. Uh, and that sort of takes us to sort of the, the final point to this, which is... This legal trafficking that happens, or, or semi legal, that that it it starts with all the trappings of legality and then moves into trafficking. You know, in 1998, it's been documented Trump did hire, or at the very least, his his business partners hired 200 undocumented Polish immigrants to demolish a department store on the site of the future Trump Tower. And, and did so without any sort of protection, and they were paid 3 to $5 an hour for 12-hour shifts, uh, seven days a week. But a lot of the time, their wages weren't paid, or they were trapped in a situation of debt bondage, where they were actually charged to be working. And we know this because in 1998, uh, a union sued him for $1.4 million, and he lost. He had to pay it. Because they said that they used, the union claimed that he used the Polish workers to avoid paying a pension fund. And then, when, when Trump started talking about back in February human trafficking, revelations started to come out and people started reporting on him having undocumented workers hired into the system and working in his properties in New Jersey and New York, Also, let us not forget that once upon a time, Trump had a model agency, the Trump Model Management, and there was a Mother Jones report that came out that in the 2000s, the agency would bring in models on travel visas and then put them to work. That is illegal. That is exploiting a visa loophole that allows individuals from certain foreign states to come into the U.S. for a long period of time on travel visas. And then these individuals could work. So, for example, like when I go to Taiwan, which has a very friendly relationship with the U.S., I can stay for 90 days at a time on just a travel visa. I don't really have to provide, like, some light documentation of my plans, but let's be honest, it can easily be faked. When, however, I travel into mainland China, I actually have to have, like, a really firm time frame. My visa stuff is really clear, like... It's a lot harder for me to say, like, quote, unquote, scam the system in this case. So they were bringing in models under these visas that gave them a long period of time for just, quote, unquote, travel. And then they were put to work. And since the models were violating their visas, which the models were told, they, they you know, they, if they were caught working, they would be deported. They had, you know, no leverage over their working conditions. Sounds like trafficking to me. And in a quote on the Mother Jones article, a model, Rachel Bias, says she was put in an apartment, quote, like a sweatshop, for which she was charged an exorbitant fee by the Trump agency, which is trafficking. We will bring you over, we'll, we'll, we'll set it up so that, you know, you're working legally at first and then it's illegal and then you have to pay us just to be present. Um, so that's trafficking of domestic and foreign nationals by the president of the united states granted before he was president but that's but that's if the all these things are true which they appear to be based on the fact that mother jones hasn't been sued and that that union won its case then that means that trafficking doesn't happen like trump should know that it happens because he's participated in it or at least been complicit and I, to, to maybe just sort of to settle on this final point, which is if you've, if you've hung out this long and you're like, well, okay, but can a border wall hurt? Like, even if it's not the solution, can it hurt? And to which I will cite the United Nations, um, Internal Organization on Migration. God bless the IOM. To which I will, you know, so they went through 90,000 victims over 10 years and they found that 79% of them that are involved international migrants. So so this is then foreign nationals coming into the country. They go through official border points such as airports and land border control points. And that a third are by bus, a third by train, and 20% by plane. This is worldwide. Polaris, who we've talked about how much we love, also contributed to this project and said that they're, when they split up the, the tips that they received between U.S. citizens and foreign nationals, the most frequently reported foreign nationals were 1,500. Uh, from the So from Mexico, 1,500 victims. Filipino nationals, over 460 victims. Guatemalan nationals, over 380 victims. Uh, Chinese victims, 370. And Honduran victims, over 290. And those were all individuals that... Um, of, of that initial, like, of the breakdown between foreign nationals. But that tells us of of the U.S. citizens, so that's, so 50% is U.S. citizens, and then when we take the other 50%, it's a mix of foreign nationals, the, the second largest group of which is from the Philippines. That's not a land crossing. And then the fourth largest is China, which is also not a land crossing. So it's not enough. But... Is, could then, you know, could a wall help and break it down? No. Because the vast majority of these people were labor trafficking victims. And the vast majority of these victims crossed a border and did so through a port of entry or other legal means. Building a wall isn't effective because it doesn't stop the people who are still flying through U.S. airports. A wall doesn't stop the people who are legally then going to cross the wall at the port of entry with false documents.
0: Well, and a wall won't necessarily stop anyone because, as yes. Border Patrol people have said, a wall is not designed to stop people. It's designed to slow people down. And it does that. Yeah. But there are places along our border where the response time is like a day. And you can get across even steel slats in in that time.
1: Yeah. Well, I just, in, in general, my thing is, is that every human trafficking expert I've talked to has, whether liberal, conservative, foreign national, crazy person who believes in aliens, like no matter who I've talked to, they've all come down and said that this rhetoric is dangerous because it's not what most trafficking victims experience. And if you're putting all this money and time and attention to a false narrative instead of the real narrative, all that attention goes to the wrong place. Traffickers take advantage of that. And then services for survivors go down. And the rate of saving, quote unquote, individuals also goes down. For example, it means that we're not paying attention to the fact that, like, U.S. citizens who face trafficking in the highest rates are young adults coming out of foster care. LGBTQ youth who've been kicked out of their homes and are experiencing homelessness and adults who have been engaged in prostitution. Like it's not addressing those three groups because those groups are domestic. It's painting this picture that to be a victim of trafficking, you have to have this very weird taken esque narrative. It's not how things play out. And you know, for example, and I, and I'm quoting from another NBC article, That was the director of Safe Horizons, which is a a human trafficking advocacy group, with, quote, the threatened use of harm and the threatened harm to family and friends is far greater than physically restraining a person and dragging them here. You and I have talked about this in other podcasts. It's a psychological coercion that ends up playing the largest part here, not duct taping someone. And so this this narrative is fictitious and it's not valid.
0: Well, and one of the challenges of harder border security is smugglers and traffickers can charge more, which then makes more people have more debt, which then makes them more susceptible to debt bondage. And that's just one of the complications of trying to deal with the border.
1: Yeah. Well, that's like looking at there's there's a great data set called the Counter-Trafficking Data Collaborative. If you if you look at it they break down by US state trafficking rates and in California like 61% of the identified victims within their data are US born citizens only 8% are Mexican and then there's a 7% Chinese group so it's 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 very clear that like the vast majority of trafficking that happens in the US that we have reports on which is which is sex trafficking we've talked about that involves domestic trafficking of people who have a variety of, of vulnerabilities, it, it's not necessarily people coming again over the border and in the background of the card. You know, it's it's nonsense.
0: And some of the people who are accused of this sort of thing are people like Jeffrey Epstein.
1: Yep, bring it home to more creepy guys. And and so is it? On one hand, I'm I'm. It's phenomenal that we have a president that continuously addresses human trafficking, like it is.
0: Yeah, but, I I was wondering if he would say anything about it as president, and he
1: has. Yeah, no, it and and that's we rarely get that right. Like it, it's rare for for us to get a, like a presidential level this acknowledgement that human trafficking is real and it happens, and here's how it is. The problem is is that wherever he's getting his information is giving him very skewed, very unrealistic, very sensationalized narratives. And if it's that no one's giving it to him and he's just making it up or Googling it, that's a problem. If it's that there are individuals in his cabinet who are giving them this wrong information, that's also a problem.
0: Well, and it's something I'm willing to believe that his daughter, Ivanka, I believe she cares about it. And I believe Donald Trump cares more about it because Ivanka cares about it. But as we've said a few times, the Trump administration and Congress still let the Trafficking Victims Protection Act expire for a year. Mm -hmm. And it looks like it was more Congress that took action than Donald Trump and the Trump administration in making it happen. And while I'm glad he signed it and had a signing ceremony and such, if you really cared so deeply that it was one of the priorities of your administration, it doesn't communicate that if you just let funding expire for anti-trafficking efforts,
1: yes, which we've talked about. Yeah. See that podcast. But yeah, if I if I had to sum this all up in one thing, good effort, bad data, bad rhetoric. Stop thinking taken is real. Jesus, it's 2019. We should be better than this. Uh, and a wall does not help. In this case, it is ex- what it is. Is it an expensive? Uh, diversion from what human trafficking actually is. If, however, your intention to build the wall has nothing to do with human trafficking and everything to do with like a, a new power projection or appealing to nationalistic sentiment or you know old-fashioned racism or xenophobia, fine, cool. Just be honest about it. I mean, not cool. I you know personal politics aside, but like live live your best life is what I'm saying. I just don't say that it's for human trafficking and, and make up a bunch of fake data to go along with it because it's not. If you really wanted it, you would build a giant wall, like a dome, and we wouldn't have flights in anymore.
0: So, what are the uh, policies that would actually help?
1: So, there have been some suggested policies for for much stricter uh, visa checking at the border um, via flights. So that when you're when you're coming in to the U.S. on an international flight, that there will, or will be. Uh, Border control agents that they're, or customs agents, rather, that have been trained uh, specifically to identify victims of human trafficking. So asking slightly different questions about job opportunities, doing a little bit more investigation for individuals that overstay visas or that have very particular types of visas, doing better check-ins via government agents with these individuals a few weeks into their stay to see if everything's okay and how they're doing. There's also been a few policy recommendations for things like reformulating the HB1 visa. So modifying how uh, workers coming in for agricultural and domestic work, how their visas work in a way that could be a little bit less predatory and dangerous for them. And then sort of the, the big and, and final thing that I think is really great is there, there was sort of a, a policy push for a while for mass... Uh, local law enforcement education in human trafficking with a focus on labor and sex trafficking, so sort of equal attention, where local police officers, uh, community outreach individuals, people who work at churches, things like that, people who have constant contact with the public could better identify if there are people who are currently engaged in trafficking in their local community. But so these are are all things that have been suggested. These are not policies that have been taken forward yet by this administration.
0: And our administration does recognize that... There is an issue with asylum policy and and that we have a major backlog. The best way to handle that, there are debates on that because we just don't have enough immigration judges and Congress doesn't fund them. Yeah. So whether that's finding a way to make it harder legally to yeah. get asylum, like – Like the Trump administration had tried to make it illegal via executive action to cross the border illegally and request asylum. Except it is explicitly in the law that you can do that and and it was eventually overturned by the courts as it should have been if we're going to be consistent with the law. Uh Whether the law should be that way, one can debate. And there's people that probably have passionate opinions on that on both sides. But, like, Congress could change that law. Congress could find a way to do immigration reform, and they could fund judges, or they could make asylum policy harder, and then they could telegraph that to people who are leaving their countries in the future.
1: Well, and to, to be fair, there is – so there – in 2018, there was a new United States-Mexico-Canada agreement, mm-hmm. USMCA, that, like – president trump did it includes forced labor provisions which is new that previously did not exist i mean the agreement existed but the provision for forced labor didn't um the department of labor has started cataloging goods made with forced labor and child labor and sort of addressing to stakeholders that the u.s will not purchase items that have this in their supply chain that's great and then in in the podcast that we did, sort of, of where the Trump administration stood on trafficking, in early 2019, we talked about things like signing the TVPA again, and ideally hitting harder things for the trafficking in persons report. So there are things that, like, this administration is doing well, but there's no credibility behind it. There, there doesn't seem to be any passion for for the truth and to serve these individuals actually like from the administration and it seems like a lot of lip service
0: right well and one of the exceptions that the Trump administration had with the TBPA legislation that they said when he signed it was in relation to like victim identification and screening victims so like if you really care about human trafficking that just seems like an odd thing to accept but There are people who look at human trafficking more on the prosecution side of bad people than they do on identifying people who are mixed up in it and who might be arrested as part of the trafficking situation, like the fact that people can commit crimes as part of their trafficking. And so trying to identify victims is really important. And I don't know personally what Donald Trump understands about that, but... It's, again, partially an optics thing. Like, does he and his administration care about in relation to that other than stopping bad traffickers from trafficking? Yeah. But it's more complex than that. But part of what we wanted to get across with legislation is part of this problem is legislation and up to Congress to hopefully find good legislation that would improve the situation and a wall more wall more fencing it by itself is only one piece that. of border policy yeah and trafficking is is too profitable just like drug trafficking is too profitable to just lit a wall solve that oh, now uh, the legislation most recently pushed by the trump administration did thankfully include recognition of the humanitarian situation and was more holistic at that moment when Donald Trump introduced it. Mm -hmm. But then other times it seems like he's going back to his more standard rhetoric.
1: Hmm. Yeah, so long story short, don't build the wall, kids. It's not going to help. Aren't you glad you listened all the way (laughs) to get that final thought?
0: Well, to me, it's less about the wall than what is a wall actually going to accomplish and to set up expectations accurately and Donald Trump does not set up expectations accurately about what it would accomplish yeah and with the executive order and other things I I just redirecting drug enforcement money to the wall when most drugs also come through ports of entry I question that logic but that's a (laughs) whole other topic with the national security people talk about that one. Yeah. Any final thoughts?
1: That's it. Don't believe what people tell you just because they throw a number in it and say it's a percentage or a stat. Look it up. See where it comes from. Sometimes it just comes from their butt. And when we're talking about people's lives, that's not sufficient at all.
0: Yeah. Some trafficking yeah. Oh. stats have a life of their own. Yep. Super Bowl. Okay. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll be back in a week or two.
1: Bye, everybody.
0: Bye. This has been Speaker for the Living. For extended notes and sources, visit our website at speakerfortheliving.com.